Hey, thanks for tuning into my podcast. I'm really glad you're here. In this episode, I continue my conversation with my good friend, Pastor Kelly. He got into entrepreneurship so that he could keep his time flexible while raising seven children and pastoring a church. In doing so, he's built multiple successful businesses and changed so many other people's lives for the better. Interested in raising your faith for possibilities? Good. Then let's go. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. So I think there's just, there's so many fundamentals that we've missed that aren't taught in school. My greatest teacher was my father, my mom and dad. I learned so much from them. Uh, By the time I got to high school, my values were formed. Uh, And so one of the things that I believe that I'm called to do is to help impart those things, which is why. I'm doing a great amount of teaching. I'm sharing wisdom wherever I can, wherever doors open, because I really believe that leadership and fatherhood go hand in hand. I've been a father, really, the nurturing aspect for many, many years. And I wanted to water the seeds of that. I tend to see in others what they don't see in themselves. There's grace in a lot of people, but they don't know it. They're too busy doing other stuff you know so i think um, we need to go back to the abc's abc's you're such a good example of that and and that was another thing that i i saw with you was father like you have a father spirit and what i love about you is that i never felt your leadership came from being wanting to be noticed Uh, a lot of the leading that you've done in my life was behind closed doors, just me and you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think people are scared about leadership because a lot of people have been doing it wrong, right? And I was really, really thinking about this. So uh, there's a church I know of and that they believe they were going to be a 10,000 member church, but they were only... I want to say 200, 300 people. They decided we're going to make 80% of the church leaders to prepare for this coming of people. And I remember when they did that and they ordained, you know, most of the church, I was confused. I was like, why do we have more leaders than followers? I said that something just seems wrong. That's off, you know? And even back then when I, you know, when I, I was, you know, I felt so young and I, I, I didn't know a lot about leadership and all that. But as I grew into and, and, and got experience on leadership and all these things um, and learning about leadership, I, I see that when you when you take leadership as a means 
to gratify yourself or to feel special, it just turns toxic. And then you look at the example of, you know, like uh, Stephen, right? Was it Stephen who was the deacon? You know, deacons didn't come into existence until there was a problem. It was like the leadership like got created as a solution. Like there were all these women, not, and, and I think there were widows, if I remember correctly, they weren't getting fed. I said, well, what's, what can we do to help these people? Let's create a leadership position so that we could get these women fed. Right. That's the correct model. You know, right. that is where there's a problem. Let's get it fixed as opposed to let's create the leader and then the followers will come. And that, that's when it turns toxic. Well, leadership is like freedom. It comes with responsibility. That, that's that's what you just said. Yes. There is a responsibility. You know, I think that in order, earlier I asked, what can we do to facilitate this awakening? And I think it's going to take leadership in what little we could do. And what I mean by that is like women, if you want... If you're single, and I hear, I have, I'm friends with lots of singles, and uh, I'm hearing women say um, at our church, you know, like, I need a masculine man. I'm waiting for a man who is masculine. Then I think they're going to need to speak up for the masculine men, because there are lots of good men that want to be masculine. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... There are so many women speaking against masculinity. We need like the women in the church to start speaking up for masculinity, start making it feel, uh, uh, start making it a, a good thing for men to step into their masculinity. And then for men who want a woman with, you know, more traditional values, which is what I'm hearing, they want, uh, they're okay if a woman doesn't want to work and wants to stay home and take care of the kids, they actually would like that, then you're going to need to stand up for those women. You're, need to, you're, you're, need, you're going to need to make it not so shameful if you don't have a career. And yet, because that's, that is, there's value in that. There's value right. in women who want to stay home and take care of the kids. Right. You're going to need to speak up to that. So the culture is pressing down on these things that people really want. If you want that, then you're going to need to, Grab a hold of some leadership and start speaking up for it. And right. I think as you start to start speaking up for that, people are going to notice the one the, the ones that the husband that you want and the and the wife that you want are going to notice you speaking up for that, and they're going to be attracted to you. Right, right, right. I think that the model for family, all of that stuff, is just made it very difficult to if if a guy has to work eighty hours. And the girl has to work 80 hours, husband and wife, you know, what have you. Uh, there's not a lot left for, you know, anything else. But if they understood the topic we originally said we were going to talk about, which is how God uses entrepreneurship together, doing it that way, they could create something and have freedom of their time, create wealth and other things. It, it, it's a whole, there's a lot of things that need to be tweaked. A lot, lot of things. Uh, but uh, uh, I agree with you. I really do. That, But I think that 
one of the problem is problems is that men have to cultivate masculinity and manhood. That has to come from men. That has to come from fathers. Um, and that's why I learned. And 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 I've been that way my whole life. And I've helped so many people. But you know, again, that's what it comes down to. So how do we take this big world and all these people that we're talking about and break it down so individuals start getting what they need? That's the million dollar question. I think this is a great segue to the business part. <laughs> um, I, I uh, Before I got on the call, I, I listened to your latest uh, newsletter, right. which is great, by the way. Um, Thank you. And in it, you spoke about abundance. And yeah, the law of abundance. Law of abundance and how important the mindset is. And, and you even gave like examples of what abundance has done in your life where you struggled at making 50,000 a year. And then when you changed your mindset, you were able to bring it to 100,000 a year. And then you kept changing your mindset and you then made a hundred thousand in one month, and then you kept changing your mindset, and then you became you made a hundred thousand in one transaction, and there's this exponential growth. Um, if we could start speaking about that, because again, this podcast is is to help entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs being called into the kingdom. So, could you elaborate on that? The law of abundance. Let me do it this way, John, because I, I think that probably we need to devote just a time to it is, I mean, there's a lot of lot of stuff there. Um, I was in New York for the first time probably 30 years ago or so, I'm guessing, maybe a little, maybe, maybe 25. And there I walked out, I looked at all of the buildings. I looked at the people and I felt like an ant. I probably shared this with you before. I felt traffic and the just a melting pot of cultures. I'm on this corner with some business guys and I'm looking, I'm thinking, wow. And God spoke to me right on the corner and he said, son, behold my kingdom. And he said, it's all mine. Well, John, what that did was that created a shift in me from just the church, quote unquote, to everything the market but god says hey this is this is my house <laughs> talking about new york um so let me say let let me let me do this uh, i have with me a little card here which you can see others can't on the back is a little tiny c this is called the sequoia serpaviron is what it's called in other words, it is a California redwood tree. Um, this seed can produce a tree over 300 feet tall, this seed, okay? Uh, 300 feet tall is about the length of a football field. It They grow to be 20 plus feet wide. That's three yards short of a first in 10, okay? Uh, but, and so the future meets the present in the form of a seed. Okay. And I use these, I've given them out at different talks that I've done, uh, preaching assignments and people just, they, they really grab it. So, so let me say the law of abundance. Let me just say this. 
um, God designs and plants what he wants in us from our birth. Part of our life mission is to cultivate what's in us. And in process and time, that grows and that develops and ultimately becomes what God intended it to be from the beginning. We may, well, sometimes that scares us because we don't know what's in us, and we don't. Sometimes tragedies awaken people and quicken, and they start doing stuff they didn't know they could. People mad, mothers against drunk, drunk. I mean, all, all kind of things, all kind of examples have happened there. So, uh, so what I would say, just on the law of abundance, and just saying this is that everything that we need, past, present, and future, and the reason I say past because sometimes we curse our own past because we hate so much the things that happen. We hate so much people that did us in and unfair things. And we all have that, that we fail to recognize the good that was planted during that very time that we could use today and on in the future. So there is no shortage of what we need to fulfill the calling that we have. And so that's really what um, entrepreneurship and the, it's about, is really about purpose. Money is inanimate. It's a tool. Um, and so what it does is allows us the authority to do the things that we're supposed to do with our lives. And that's a whole topic. I recommend we we do devote a topic and go through that because it's- We will be doing multiple, multiple okay. uh, uh, conversations. And, you know, I, we've had, uh, we, I have had Carlos on this uh, podcast earlier. Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, awesome. And we talk about the poverty mindset and how that is such a block to what God wants to give us. Because, I, you know, as you were speaking, I kept thinking of that scripture where God says that he could do more than we imagine. Exceedingly abundantly, yeah. Like you could imagine the greatest thing. And God is saying, I could do more than that. And in yeah. my personal life, in my prayer closet, God has been telling me that I am not dreaming big enough. He keeps telling me, John, I want you to dream about things that people would laugh at you. If it's not ridiculous, it's not big enough. So what is keeping us? Like, what are some things that you see that's keeping us from that abundant life where everyone is shooting for the 50,000 a year? They're happy with the 50,000 a year. And please, guys, if you're making 50,000 a year, that's Praise God. a blessing. Praise God. But, but what we're sell. talking about, right. We're talking from experience. You can make more and we're saved. We have relationship with God. We would we would be happy. Like I, I know uh, uh, Pastor Kelly, and he knows me. We'd be content with fifty thousand a year, but we know that there's more, and we know that it's okay with God, and it even please God if we make more. So, what is keeping Absolutely. us from going after that abundance or even attaining it? Well, again, I think it's our John. I think it's our, and again, I mean. We could break this down. It it would take some time to do it and explain it in a way where people could really grab it and follow. Um, but but it is it does come down to mindset. It it really does. 
Uh, and the our outer life is only a reflection of our inner life. So many people are trying to stimulate the reflection. They're trying to work on the shadow, but not dealing with the substance. And so our inner life is really the substance. I think we talk about so many things that we don't understand. We talk about faith, but faith is developed through use. And so no matter how much doctrine you learn about it, if you've never used your faith, you're not going to, you're not going to really get much things done, many things done. So again, it's, um, it's inner life period. It's, it's thinking, it's expectation. It's our sentiments. It's, our drivers. I, I mean, you know, there, there's there's a lot of stuff that we could we could really break down. I recommend that we maybe get a an ask if you want to tackle that topic. Let's do it. Let, let's tackle. Let's focus on that. Then we can break it down. Let's and do then, it. Yeah, yeah. We will definitely do that. Let's 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 uh, close out the this the episode with some history of yours like how did you get into entrepreneurship what got your interest because you were a pastor uh, or were you a pastor first yes one of the first things i did was a pastor i one of the things that i did was i worked all my life Hmm. not because i had to but because i wanted to so at nine years old when my neighbor's father was going to cut the bank yard. I said, where y'all going? He said, well, I got a job at the bank. I'm like, can I go? And he said, well, we're working. He said, I said, I want to work. So that was one of the first jobs I had, cutting one of the yards at the bank. I then went on to um, become, I did a number of things, man. By the time I graduated high school, I had been a, I washed dishes at one of the big hotels I was had been a custodian at one of the um, night schools. I was a bailman, a bail hop for one of the hotels where I carried luggage. Um, I I just done so many different things while I was an athlete athlete as well. But what got me into entrepreneurship was um, as a as a pastor starting a small church. I needed income. I graduated from college. I started the church in 1980, got my degree in 1982 in business. Was offered back then, companies were lined up to hire you, you know, and job offers and things like that. But most of the jobs would take me away from because these were like careers that they involved. Once you do training, fly to Dallas for nine months, I couldn't do all of that, paid well. So I wind up going into financial services and insurance and investments because uh, I could control my schedule. That's how I got started. That's why I begin to learn how to sell, which is a fundamental business skill. Knowing how to, if you you know how to sell, you can um, literally, you can operate any business. But a lot of people don't understand that. They think if you just create a, a, a tricket, you know, people are going to come. No, you have not a sale market, those things. Uh, so what happened is I uh, started in with that and and that allowed me the flexibility. Uh, I could make money, but it was up to me 
how much I made and how I use my time. I could still have my Sundays off and those kind of things. While doing financial services, part of my job there was to talk to people and listen to them. And it's what I often did. Instead of going in with cases and books and proposals, I sat down with the pencil and pad and said, tell me about you. Tell me about your dream. Tell me about your concerns. And I listened. And I listened. And one of the things I discovered as I talked to people was they were broken because what they really loved doing, they weren't doing it. They were working a job because of the pay. <clears throat> or they, they were working, not making enough the money they wanted to make, working with people they didn't like, doing stuff they hated. It was a prison. That started me to thinking about vision and how to go about doing the things that you really, what's in your heart to do. So that opened the door to business consulting. I help people do everything from prepare business to sell now, help with marketing, leadership. There's a there's a lot of things that I do, uh, strategy development. But uh, so it kind of evolved me being my children were being born. We needed money. I had to, you know, and so God just gave me wisdom to do things. And um, there's a business side to, to operating the church. You know, there's, we, we built, a five-acre campus. Um, you have to deal with banks, and you got your board. You got your leadership issues. Um, you also are a counselor, so you got files from where, when people are in trouble, you helping them or referring them to professional counselors or somewhere else. You had to speak for God, so you had to take time and write, become a scribe and a thinker. I mean, so. The demands were there, but kind of the offshoot of all of that got me going. And, and I said, you know what? There's nothing I'm doing in the ministry that's not needed in the practical world. Wow. And that's why I'm doing series and things now to help people to um, really get a handle on, you know, the direction of their life and things like that. So it evolved for me. I began to write. I wrote my first Your New Life in Christ in 1982, probably. That was your first book? Yeah, Your New Life right. in Christ. And I and then I wrote another one, The 12 Pillars of Faith, where I covered the essentials of the faith. But I only did it to help our people understand because I found that on the shelf, I couldn't find what was suited for them because I needed them. Well, that started me to writing. So all these all these things were planted in me and began to branch out and and culminated and be, and it became a great blessing to me and then to people from different walks of life. So it's been amazing. So it really evolved, John. I had I was just going to preach and build a church and help people and but then I came in the understanding of apostolic ministry I help other ministers. I mean, so it's just, it's been a ride, my friend. That's amazing. Cause I believe we're in a time already where more people are going need, need to create their own streams of income. And it's only going to increase because the standard of living, you know, is going higher and the income is not, you know, right. the, the average income is not We're we're going need, going to need to be entrepreneurial. And so, 
I love your story because it was your life situations that actually led to streams of income. Um, and I believe every one of our listeners has something in them that Absolutely. they could make money from. Say that one more time, John. Say because every one of our listeners, I'm talking to you. We're talking to you. If you're listening to this, there is something in your life, multiple things that you can make money from. It's you only need to access it. You're going to need to change the way you're thinking. And by you listening to this podcast and other things that you are doing the work that is needed to recognize these opportunities. Because remember, like we said earlier, God himself said, I could do much more than you imagine. Why would he tell you that if he, unless he was trying to give you hope, unless he's not a braggadocious God that tells you something about himself just so that, you know, to, so that you admire him and that's it. He's trying to equip you. He's trying to say, listen, this is what I could do. I'm your father. I'm your father. And this is what I could do. Amen. Amen. The greatest joy. Let me say this. Let me piggyback right on what you just said, because I want you to repeat that one more time because that's important. But the greatest joy that I've had in my life is for me to go and earn 10, 15, $20,000. And in the process of doing that, my clients or the person that I've been engaged in business with comes and hugs me and thanks me for how much I changed their life. So not only is it a way to make money, it's an incredible way to add value. When you thread the needle there, when you take your competency, you take your skill and opportunity where you to help others and you thread those together, it becomes a powerful wheel that turns, man. It's unstoppable. You know, and and I have context of Pastor Kelly's life. And by the way, I can't call you Roger. I just like it's, a, it's uh, all right. <laughs> I was, you know, it, it's weird. He, he he was never my pastor, but I always called him Pastor <laughs> Kelly. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's my Filipino upbringing. I, we were always caught out of respect. Like if there was someone our family respected, I called them auntie or uncle, you know, and, and it's just, I have so yeah. much esteem for you. I cannot call you Roger, but that's anyways, <laughs> um, guys, I've seen his life and I've seen how he's changed his clients' lives. Like literally, like if you, if you heard the stories of about how, he changed their finances so that when they got sick, they were able to pay their rent and pay all their bills or, or pay their mortgage and 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 get the treatment that they needed because they were financially secure because he used his wisdom. And when a wisdom is such a valuable thing in the Bible, it says wisdom is is more expensive, is more valuable than silver or gold. When the Bible says that, guys, it's not just trying to be poetic. It's trying to equip you so that, uh, you know, you can do something with that knowledge. And, and Pastor Kelly has done that. I've seen him help people and make money doing it. Now, value 
is the currency of entrepreneurship. Yes. If you want to do well in entrepreneurship, have something that you could help someone with. Others do well you, too. Yeah. You know, and, and and you watch listen to all these gurus and you listen to all these people who everyone is following and all that stuff. And and they're the way they teach, it makes it sound like you could get something for nothing. And we become such a lazy society that we want something for nothing. But the true kingdom way, and that's what we're about, kingdom entrepreneurship. Yes. The true yes. kingdom way is to have something value. You give. It is better to give than to receive. And then from that value, you get a return. If you just concentrate on that simple concept, yes. you will dominate. You will dominate. And I do want to, as we close, I want to touch on one subject. Um, he talked about sales. Now, my my uh, advice to you listening uh, is to pick skills that are in demand. Learn them. Put in the work that most people people won't aren't willing. So for instance, a lot of people don't even think sales is a skill. They think it's just some way to manipulate. I myself am an excellent salesperson, but I didn't start off that way. I'm not a born salesman. I work for it because I'm not the type of used car salesman. I don't have the bombastic personality. Is that a word bombastic? But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't have that personality that that just is in your face. And I'm and you may not believe this, but I'm not the type of person that likes to be the center of attention. So usually the best salespeople or the perceived best salespeople have the, that type of personality. But me being self-aware, I knew that I needed a way to be able to sell with my personality. And one of my, my um, giftings is teaching. So I concentrated on that. I right. concentrated on being really good at spotting problems, right. problems that people didn't even know they had, and then communicating in such a way that they understood it. Because it really didn't matter. Even if I had the knowledge, it didn't matter if, if I knew it, it mattered if they knew it because they needed to make a, a decision to buy. And so because I worked on that skill, it's made me really flexible. When I did bad in with my businesses, I was able to flip on and sell other things, even if it meant working for someone else. And that bought me, you know, like that, 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 that enabled me to, um, switch and take care of my family. And the reason why I'm telling you this is I feel like it, I feel the spirit talking and I feel like mm. some of you listeners need to work on skills and also sales. Sales is key because mm. sales will help you not only in business, it will help you in entrepreneurship. Um, sales has gotten a bad rap and all that sales is, is influence influence. It, it, it doesn't even have to be about money. If you're trying to gather and lead a people to accomplish a great work, you need to be able to sell that idea. And so sales will affect even your relationships. If yes. you are trying to find the right mate, <laughs> you are going to need to communicate. You gotta, <laughs> you're going to need to communicate. A, you got to make, make a sale. 
Right. You got to make a sale. You got to you got to show some, them some, your value. Sometime when the guy get on his knee in front of the whole family, and everybody's looking and she says, no, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make the sale. <laughs> you didn't make the sale. <laughs> I think, you know, that is that, that's all we have time for, uh, Pastor Kelly. I am so honored that yes, you made it onto podcast. And I guess this just shows there are many more that you and I are going to have because there's a lot we have to talk about. In, anytime. I love what you're doing. I appreciate the heart you have, your passion to get the word out so that people can get help. I, I love it, John. And so anytime, man, just let me know. And let, let me say it. this because this deserves recognition. This podcast wouldn't exist unless Pastor Kelly had a conversation with me at the end of January and told me I need to start thinking about what I want in life and, and how to communicate it and put it out. And through that process, I went to a coffee shop and I went there almost every day I and I just did what he said. And part of what came out from that process was this podcast. So Beautiful. Pastor Kelly, thank you. Thank you for influencing yes, me to do this. All right. All right. All right, John. We'll we'll get together soon, man. I appreciate you. Hey, I hope you like the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Peace.